You're listening to Good Storytime. Hello, my name's Mandy. Are you ready for a story? Let's begin. Little Obelia, Part 3 Half carrying and half dragging poor little cuddle pie, he managed to find a hiding place in a hollow tree. Oh joy, a door opened and there stood kind Mr Possum. Take us in, panted Winky. Mrs Snake, oh, be quick. Without waiting for more news, Mr Possum helped them in and what's more, Mrs Possum took poor Cuddle Pie and bathed his face and gave him medicine and soon brought him out of his strange sleep. What's happened? asked Cuddle Pie, opening his eyes. They told him. There must be mischief about, said Cuddle Pie. I must hurry home. Then he saw Winky and there was more talk. Stay here till it gets quite dark and then I'll see you on the way, said kind Mr Possum. So they did. The moon was up, full and round, when Cuddle Pie and Winky, having said goodbye to Mr Possum, stopped at Snugglepot's house and knocked at the door. All was still within. Cuddle Pie knocked again. No answer. They both knocked. Not a stir inside. Then they knocked and shouted, and shouted and knocked, and made so much noise that a party of nuts, returning very late from the gum inn, asked what the matter was. Oh, we can't get in, said Cuddle Pie. Uh, climb through a window, suggested a nut. It's too high, answered Cuddle Pie. Oh, that's easy, laughed the nuts. And before you could say Robin Redbreast, they had piled themselves each upon another's shoulders, till quite a long ladder was made. But it was just too short, for when Cuddle Pie climbed up, he could only catch the windowsill with one hand. Suddenly, Winky, who was looking on, ran like lightning up over all of them and clean in at the window. Once there, he easily helped Cuddle Pie in. So they thanked the nuts, who then unmade the ladder and went along their merry way. When Cuddle Pie looked about, he found to his astonishment that Snugglepot was nowhere to be seen. What's, what's this? said Winky. In the middle of the table was a mug and tied to the mug a leaf, on one side of which was written, Drink this, Cuddle Pie, it cures toothache. And on the other, Then come to the waterfall at Little Creek. Oh, how kind of Snugglepot, said Cuddle Pie. It's just what I need. Have some, Winky. Oh, no, thank you, said Winky, who didn't like the smell of it. Cuddle Pie, who was always good at taking medicine, tipped up the mug and swallowed it all. No sooner had he done so than a strange look came upon his face, and he began to dance and sing and turn somersaults. Then, catching Winky by the end of his tail, he threw open the door, whisked him out, and went tearing down the road, dragging the astonished Winky after him. By this time it was early bird rise, and a crowd of nuts had gathered at the Little Creek waterfall as arranged to meet Mr Lizard and Snugglepot. When Cuddle Pie and Winky bowled into their midst, they all threw up their caps and laughed and sang. Then some of the nuts saw a large sign on the tree. It read, Who will follow me down to the sea? And there was a newly cut track leading into the bush, 
I will, shouted Cuddle Pie, waving his cap. Come along, nuts. And away he went like mad. The rest, all after him, held to shelter along the new track. They had not gone far when they came to another notice saying, Don't turn back, this is the track. So on they went, till by and by they came to yet another sign. This is the way, merry and gay. Off they went again. Presently the track took a sudden downward turn into a deep gully. At the bottom splashed and gurgled a mighty stream, and here was another signboard. To the Lizard Bridge, go over the ridge. They all turned back over the ridge, and there they saw a monster lizard standing across the stream, his front legs on one bank and his back legs on the other. The lizard took no notice of the nuts, nor of the deep water rushing under him. He just stood there, blinking sleepy eyes and licking up any stray ants that came along. All the nuts clambered up where his tail was smallest, walked along his huge body and crossed safely to the other side. All except Cuddle Pie, who, because he danced and skipped about, lost his balance when he got to the middle and fell, splash, into the stream. The rushing water made so much noise that nobody heard his shout, and most of the nuts were away up over the hill before anyone knew what had happened. When they heard about it, there was much disturbance. Some were going back, but others said, no, it's best to go on and tell Snugglepot, who will be waiting for us. All the nuts agreed to this, so away they went once more, leaving little Winky Jerboa sitting in the middle of the track, weeping and wringing his hands. At length, when the sun was high overhead, they came to another notice. It said, Just around the bend is the journey's end. By this time they were all very tired and so hot that when they turned the bend and saw before them the beautiful wide blue sea, they threw up their caps and shouted for joy. Lying close beside the rocks was a fine, tall ship. They all clambered aboard, calling loudly for Snugglepot. But there wasn't a soul to be seen, and there, written on the vessel's side, were the words, If you want to find me, jump into the sea. On seeing this, the nuts were delighted, and without waiting a moment, they pushed the ship out from the rocks till it floated over the deep, deep water. Then, climbing onto the side, they all sprang off, just like a lot of pink frogs, and went swimming down, 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 down into the cool green sea. Now, let us leave them all and see what happened to Cuddle Pie. At first, when he found himself being carried along at such a pace, he felt afraid. But after a while, he began to rather like it. He just floated along, enjoying the scenery as it went by. It was very much like riding a train, only of course, he didn't know that as he's never been on one. Once he passed some great red kangaroos drinking at the water's edge. Another time, he was swept almost into the arms of an astonished old platypus. Another time, he was able to rescue a tiny baby bird which had fallen from its nest by pushing it into a clump of green ferns as he rushed past. In almost no time at all, he found himself swirling and whirling right away from the land and out into the sea. Then something caught hold of his leg and dragged him under so quickly that he couldn't think or hear or see. 
When Cuddle Pie opened his eyes again, he didn't know where he was. All about and above him was water, and a pale green light flooded everything. He was lying on a curious little bed sticking out high on a wall. There were numbers of other beds just like his, also sticking out on the wall. While he was looking about, a strange creature came floating up to him and gave him something queer to eat. Um, where am I please? asked Cuddle Pie. And what's this? Fish's eggs. You're in a hospital, answered the nurse, who was a fish folk. Then she swam away again before he could ask any more questions. Scrub and rub me, thought Cuddle Pie. How did I get here? Just then he heard voices. Peeping over the side of his bed, he saw to his great amazement, away down on the floor below him, walking and talking, well, who do you think it was? Why, it was dear little Ragged Blossom. Cuddle Pie was so excited that he swallowed all the eggs in one gulp and nearly fell out of his bed. He tried to call her, but his head went all woozy and he sank back, helpless. Yes, it was Ragged Blossom, and with her was little Obelia and Anchovy and a boy with a large basket full of presents for the patients. While Anne was talking to Dr. Fuscus Carp and the nurse, Ragged Blossom went about comforting the patients. She liked going with Anne to cheer the poor sick fish folk, and she always used to pay special attention to the new patients. For she thought that they would feel pretty lonely. So she climbed up to speak to one who looked very miserable, with his head all covered up and only a little bit of hair sticking out over the top. Might you have a flower? she asked gently. The patient shook the bedclothes but made no answer. Oh, please do, begged Ragged Blossom. Oh, all right then, snapped the patient and popped his head out. Ragged Blossom fell off the stool in horror. It was the great shaggy head and ugly face of a Banksia man. With a cry of fear, she ran to Anchovy. Eels fins, claimed the nurse. Great starfish, bubbled the doctor. What's the matter, little one? asked Anne. The man in the bed there, whispered Ragged Blossom. Oh, I'm so frightened. Come on, Anne. Well, he won't hurt you, smiled Dr. Fucus. We brought him in this morning, one leg off, small boy with him, sick. Like to see him? Oh, come on, wailed Ragged Blossom. Seeing that she was really upset, Anne hastily said goodbye and taking little Obelia by the hand, hurried away. Just as they were going out the door, Cuddle Pie roused from his dizziness, sat up and saw Ragged Blossom. Ragged Blossom! Ragged Blossom! he called, leaning out and waving his arms to her. Come back, it's me, it's Cuddle Pie! Oh, come back, please! But Ragged Blossom didn't see or hear him. And as the big door closed behind her, poor little Cuddlepie put his head down upon his pillow and wept. Now at last we come to little Obelia. She is very important, so listen carefully what I tell you about her. When she was a wee speck of a baby, she lay asleep in a pearl at the bottom of the sea. All round her grew beautiful Obelia seaweeds. That's why we call her Obelia and thousands of rainbow-coloured fish guarded her night and day. 
There she lay for years and years, and while she slept, a wonderful wisdom grew in her, though her little body remained the same. I can't tell you why or how, but it was so. At last, one day, the pearl burst open and spread out into a beautiful white flower. And that, you remember, was when Ragged Blossom and Snugglepot found her. From that time on, Abelia grew very quickly. And now, as you see, she is as big as Ragged Blossom. And she was wiser, so much wiser indeed, that not only Anchovy, but John Dory and all the cleverest fish folk from miles around came to ask her advice on matters of great importance. So when they came home from the hospital and Ragged Blossom told Obelia of the bad Banksy men, she went quietly to her thinking room and counted her pearls. She always did this when she was troubled about anything. She had hundreds of pearls, some big enough to build a house with and some so little that they were just nearly out of sight. When Obelia had counted her pearls, she went to Anne and said, Come with me to the flower store, man. He has something to tell you. So they went. Ragged Blossom and Obelia hovered about, loving the beautiful flowers and putting their faces into them. For sea flowers are like any land flowers. The closer you look into them, the more beautiful they seem. Meanwhile, Anne bought a lovely red bunch, and while she was paying him, the old flower seller leant close and whispered in her ear, There is danger following you. How? asked Anne eagerly. The little one called Ragged Blossom, whispered the old man. The shadows are about her. Ooh, tell me, what, what is it? It's the evil one, the great giant octopus. He sends his shadows out to catch her. Shadows? asked Anne, trembling. Black shadows with saggy heads and many eyes, said the old man. At this terrible news, Anne grew so afraid that she called quickly to Ragged Blossom and Obelia, and thanking the old flower man for his kindness, she took their hands and hurried home. Then Anne told them what she had heard. Oh, don't be afraid, little jellyfish, said Obelia, kissing Ragged Blossom and clasping her tightly. I will take care of you. Then, without another word, she went to her thinking room. Again, she counted her pearls, and when she had counted the last littlest one, she came back to Anne. Dear Anne, she said, go back to the hospital and bring away the little pink boy. Oh, no, cried Ragged Blossom. That Banksy man's there. Don't go, please. Oh, yes, I will go, said Anne. End of part three. You're listening to Good Storytime.